Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon, and we're glad that you're with us. Opening segment of today's show is, every, as it is every day, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Our buddies are right next to the Hattiesburg Mall on 15th Street in Laurel in a community near you. The food is always delicious. And speaking for the one here in Hattiesburg, it's always really good. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or home delivery. But however you decide to choose Dickie's, just be sure that uh, you sit down, take your time, and enjoy it because it's always going to be good. Tom Johnson, former NFL football player, spent some time with the Vikings and the uh, Saints. going to be always fun to Talk to NFL guys. He's going to be on the show a little later. Kelly Sander will be joining us as well. Luke and I are kicking things off today with Brian Morrison, who is the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Development. And, Brian, we're happy to have you on our radio show today. Excited to be here, Bob and Luke. Appreciate you having me today. We've been talking a lot of basketball this week, Brian, and uh, had uh, Coach Ladner on last week, I think. I had a great conversation with him and uh, – been talking a lot of hoops this uh, week. I think people are really geared up and excited about the prospects of the basketball team this year, and they're going to be playing in a really updated, improved Reed Green Coliseum. Let our listeners know what all's happened there, Brian. Absolutely. Now we're we're very excited. Uh, I know what uh, what he's going to put out there, as well as Coach McNellis on on the women's front, but. Uh, we, we were fortunate we were able to go in uh, this spring and, and over the summer and do several upgrades. Um, one, probably the biggest one that you'll see notably, is, is upgraded all the lights uh, inside the main bowl of the Coliseum to LED. Uh, and we've got the ability to really change them to any color, different light settings, uh, where we can make the court brighter uh, and not as bright, you know, in the stands and the fans. Uh, it'll help with our intro be able to go, you know, completely black and don't have the old halogen ones where then you got to wait 20 minutes for them to warm back up uh, when you turn them on. So really, really, really excited about the about the lights there and what we'll be able to do, not only just for basketball, but for all the other events that are held in there, graduation performances. Uh, and then the next one that you'll notice is it's a brand new court in there, new design. Uh, we actually had some water damage with one of the storms this spring. Um damaged a good portion of the court, uh, so we had the opportunity to kind of come in, redo most of the court, and then redo the design on it as well. And, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet uh, with some of the pictures, but really, really pleased the way it turned out. Um, and I think it's one of those courts that you'll see, and you'll, you'll immediately think of Southern Miss when you see it. You know, Reed Green's really historic building. It's been some really exciting times uh, in that Coliseum through the years. I know that the uh, Back in the MK Turk days, it was just it would be electric. I mean, I, I remember students camping out to get in the Coliseum for a showdown with Memphis or Cincinnati or Louisville. Uh, it was just sensational, and I I think with the uh, 
the new roster, the new coaching staff, and uh, all the excitement geared up around basketball. If we can ever get through COVID, Brian, we, we can see that atmosphere again real quickly. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. You know, everybody that I've talked to is, is fired up about basketball season, what Coach Ladner has done, you know, especially uh, with him bringing uh, Coach Williams onto his staff this year. I know a lot of people in the state have a, a tremendous respect for him. And so, that's brought a, a, a real big energy and just an excitement. Um, and then from the, you know, they've done a good job, Coach Ladner as as well as Coach McNellis, with doing some things that necessarily our fans won't see. But from a recruiting standpoint, um, over the spring we we redid the uh, the weight room in the Coliseum, new weights, graphics floor, and then back in the team areas, we've gone through and, and we've done some graphics and paint carpet back there as well so not something that the public will see but just something that coach Ladner and coach McNeilis knew had to be done um just from a recruiting standpoint you know when we're able to start bringing kids on campus again for recruiting visits right Luke Brian Morrison hey Brian just to let our listeners know and like because you've been with the university for for a great number of years outside of COVID on in a normal year how many events does Reed Green typically, you know, hold in a year? That's a that's a great question, Luke. I probably cannot put a number that would be justified on it, but I mean, it's you know, I would venture to say fifty to a hundred um, additional wow. ones outside of basketball, um, and it's ones that you don't necessarily see a lot of publicity around, or it's during the week, but. Um, you know, there's a huge science fair um, that takes place every year here. Um, it's pretty much it spans all high schools across Mississippi. Um, several fraternity and sororities do their fundraisers in there, um, various, you know, high school graduations um, in there. And so there's just a number of events that, that do take place in there. Yeah, I, I, the most exciting to me, other than the floor, is the fact that uh, you can have the ability to turn on and off the lights, just like the you know snap of a finger. I think that's really good. You, you talked about uh, also, you know, some of the upgrades in the locker room, and, and I went in the football locker room a couple years back and was just kind of blown away what they had done. And I, I graduated in two thousand five, and it just seems like there is a lot more consciousness now on athletic departments, really in the last four or five years to make sure that those type of facilities uh, you know, resonate with the recruits that come in and the players that come in. Is that just something that's happened in the last four or five years kind of nationwide, and, and uh, Southern Miss obviously sees the need for it now? It is. Yeah, I would say probably 2015 or so, you really started seeing a lot of programs, you know, as you alluded to, really focusing on that. Um, you know, I think that's what recruits are looking at. It's you know, they want to know, you know, where am I going to get dressed? What amenities does it have? And um, Luke, if you're probably like me growing up, I mean, you're you're just lucky or you're thankful if you just had a, a locker that you could hang your jersey on and, you know, maybe a seat that you could sit on. But now it's, you know, all the technology in it. We've got lockable cabinets where there's a charging station in there so they can charge their phone during practice. Um, you know, all the ventilation that goes through it, um, the graphics on it. So, yeah, it's really, you know, just... I'd say revolutionized and, and what we're able to do down there and what different companies are doing. So, Brian, great job in, in, in getting this done in what's obviously a very trying time. While well, we've got a few minutes left with you, um, COVID-19, uh, to what degree has that made uh, your job and, 
and that of people in your line of work at universities all across the country that I'm sure you talk to uh, increase the difficulty? It, it, it must have it must be a big challenge for you. It has been, and I think that's you know across intercollegiate athletics, you know, totally from our strength and conditioning staff, sports medicine, you know, the way our coaches, you know, that's with our coaches. Um, I mean, they're not going to be able to get out and get face-to-face with recruits. So they can't go to a high school football game. And so they're having to do everything over the phone and, you know, just watch video. So, you know, there's a lot of kids that will be, you know, recruits that will be signed this fall um, that a coach may not have even seen them, you know, face-to-face. Um, it's just through phone calls and video. But, yeah, with us specifically, same thing. You know, it's uh, it took us off the road where, you know, we typically, you know, want to be out and about, um, sitting down face-to-face with alums, friends of the program, talking to them about how much their support is needed, what it means. And we really had to be strategic um, with our resources of, you know, whether it be a FaceTime call, whether it be just a phone call. Um, we've gotten creative where, you know, we'll, we'll have waiter deliver lunch to somebody um, and then get on a FaceTime or a Zoom call with them and sit there and eat lunch, you know, over the computer, which is, right. um, you know, never thought I would be doing that in 100 years. Right. And in our in the sales end of, of our industry, it's been the same way. It's just made it difficult to have the face-to-face meetings, uh, you know, that you're accustomed to having. And uh, and you've, I guess we've all just had to find, uh, have had to find different ways uh, to conduct our business. Real quickly, a minute or so left, um, uh, beautiful new facility, upgraded, excitement about the basketball team. Can you share with us uh, anything new in regarding to what the attendance policy may be and uh, and how we're going to navigate through the basketball season in that regard? Yeah, so we are still waiting for some guidance from Conference USA and the NCAA on exactly what uh, the, the capacity will be within within the state of the facility. Um, I can tell you there will be no floor seating or traditional court seating. So really, it's just going to be student athlete coaches and essential game staff that are allowed on the court. Um, and then there's going to be some restrictions on how far back spectators have to be off of the court in terms of number of feet in the stands. So. Probably what we are looking at right now is is in order to see a game, you're going to have to have a season ticket. I think through the excitement that we've had, really our season tickets, we're going to hit that capacity number in season tickets. Well, no question, and a lot of excitement. You're exactly right about that. Congratulations. I know everybody's excited about all the improvements at the Coliseum. Uh, we appreciate what you've done, and we appreciate your time on the Eagle Hour. Absolutely, Bob and Luke. Thank you all very much for having me. Appreciate uh, the positive support you guys always have, and, and, and making sure to tell a great story. All right, thank you very much, Brian. Brian Morrison, everybody, senior associate athletic director for development at Southern Miss. When we come back, Tom Johnson played for the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings, in the Canadian Football League. But probably the biggest thing on his agenda is he played with Luke Johnson. We'll have Tom Johnson next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. 
campusbookmart.net on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. You know about them. they got all kinds of Southern Miss apparel, accessories for your car, for your home, for yourself. Uh, they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street, or you can go online to campusbookmart.net. I want to thank Brian Morrison from the uh, Southern Miss Athletic Department for joining us. And now we're very happy to have Tom Johnson on the show. Tom was the former Golden Eagle who went on to have quite a storied professional football career, having played uh, Canadian football, arena football, in six years, or maybe seven years in the NFL, three years with the New Orleans Saints, three years with the Minnesota Vikings. Tom, we're glad to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here, man. Well, you had a lot of action. I was just reading this, 186 NFL tackles, 25 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. You even had an interception uh, during your time uh, in the big leagues. Yeah, I was able to take advantage of the situation. It was actually, uh, I had six years and uh, five years in Minnesota. So it ended up being uh, eight consecutive years and nine uh, credit seasons. Wow! Yeah, it was a roller coaster, man. Yeah. So I you are a ball. you are a Minnesota Viking. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. That's where I made my name at in Minnesota. Definitely. I got you. But I guess the highlight of your career had to be playing with our co-host Luke Johnson. Am I right about that, Tom? <laughs> oh, that's why I got the foundation. Don't lie, Tom. Definitely. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll say I say Southern is definitely no sense. Except the foundation and the structure. So yeah, definitely. Right. All right. Jump in here, Luke. Tom, good to talk to you, bro. And uh, you you came in you with Mississippi Gulf Coast, and then you came in as as a junior in 2004. We played our last two seasons together. You know, coming out of Moss Point and and then coming out of JUCO, I guess I really never asked you this, and it, and it, you assimilated fine on the team. We were coming off that 2003 championship team, big nasty bunch of defense. Was it hard for you to adjust, or or was it really easy for you to assimilate to Southern Miss? Um, I would say the way you guys did things back then. Uh, so I came in the spring. So you guys was already kind of pumped up and getting ready for the season and um, do your spring training. So everybody was just so adamant. I remember Dustin, uh, he was taking control of the whole team. He was he was up in there sprints. We were doing so many sprints, probably like the most I ever ran consecutively uh, in my life, man. So it, it definitely gave me a uh, – the, the foundation that I needed to be able to persevere, man. So, yeah, it was a little adjustment at first. Uh, once I caught up the speed, probably during, during the actual camp, I felt comfortable out there. We, uh, we so always did those running with the coaches and perfect sprints and all that crazy yeah. stuff, man. But, but your first year at Southern Miss – what a way to start it. Uh, we, we go up to Lincoln, Nebraska. We beat the Huskers on national television. Had a really close game uh, with Aaron Rodgers and, and Cal that in, in December. What was it like, though, specifically that first game, being out there on national television, playing Nebraska and beating Nebraska? Uh, see, my first – I didn't actually play that game, man. Uh, I actually got hurt during camp. So that was like one of the That's biggest right. games, the biggest crowds I ever uh, – I've ever been around, you know. So it was exciting for me and playing uh, such a big team back then. Nebraska and Cal was like top, a top tier team. Um, so national recognition and stuff like that. So it was exciting uh, to actually just be on the team and be able to, you know, what I'm saying, see you guys out there playing. So it was, it was right. an experience. I, I- 
I totally forgot, yeah, that you you got hurt during camp and missed Nebraska. But you know, before before we get to NFL, because I want to, we want to surely talk to you about your NFL career. 2005, our senior year, it was you know it was kind of like this year in some ways with, with college football players have been facing. Uh, all of us were affected by Hurricane Katrina. All of our families were affected. We went up to Memphis and. And I remember at the end of that year, we had to we had to beat Tulane, and, and you were in that room. Dustin got me and you and T. Ford and Nicole twins, and we got in a big circle, just the seniors, and he told us, you know, how much he loved us, and we were going to go out and finish it. It was it was challenging that senior year being a senior, but I, I know with me and I, I know with you, it was rewarding trying to lead that team through that crazy season. Yeah, that was um, that was that was a crazy season, a crazy situation. Uh, I think we all grew up that 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 year. You know, uh, if you're a senior, a junior, just being on the team, uh, being able to persevere through Katrina, through uh, the four days that we had this be up in the craziness before uh, Coach uh, Bauer got us about it to go to Memphis. Um, but I still remember that um, the Alabama game, our first game. You know. Yeah. Uh, that was a tough one to lose. Proto catching the ball on his back or whatever. Uh, while we was leading, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but 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 that 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 kind of like uh, we kind of got got up there, man. And we we really pushed and we we put put it on them, man. And I think we through that whole season we was battling a lot. Uh, I think that it meant something to to the guys or whatever. But um, I think that. That year kind of defined a lot of us how we just persevered through a lot of adversity that year. Now, Tom, you're you're a rare guest here in the respect that you have such a, a range of experience: the European League, Arena Football League, Canadian Football League, National Football League. What were the biggest differences between the National Football League and the other leagues that you played in, Tom? Uh, I think that the talent mostly is is, is kind of similar. Uh, I think uh, more or less uh, coaching and play development uh, is the biggest thing. The game is faster. People know exactly where they're supposed to be at. Uh, and then on the biggest level, you just have uh, extraordinary athletes added on to the, the speed of the game. Um, I would say uh, in the European League, it was more or less uh, a developmental league. Uh, that's where, for me, uh, Indianapolis sent me out there to uh, allocate with Indianapolis. So it was more or less my first experience with being a pro athlete on ha- having to, uh, I guess, be able to pull the information that they give me and be able to perform on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Canada was a little different. I think Canada, Canada is more similar. It has a few rules differences, but as in talent and as in play development, I think that more than half of guys that's in the Canadian League can actually compete for a spot and have a good chance of winning the league. You know, um, and I think just on the league, you just it's 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 less error. Everybody knows their assignment, their alignment. They know their placement. Uh, they know their role, um, discipline for the most part. You know, uh, knowing when to take shots and when you got to play your assignment, even though you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it's just um, like I said, the understanding of the game. It's it's more between the ears than actual uh, physical attributes. But uh, you do have all those things that is mostly a perfect storm on the team. So you got a high high. Uh, 
quality of talent that's playing on a consistent basis. Right. Very interesting. If uh, if all things were the same, if the rules were the same, could a good Canadian Football League team compete with an NFL team? <laughs> uh, I would say that the best Canadian team could give a, a, a very average uh, NFL team a challenge. Yes. I think that they could – if they came on their best game, a game, yes, very I think that they can compete. All right, very interesting, Luke. I'll give you the last two minutes with your former teammate Tom Johnson. Tom, you had a lot of sacks, and and I was just going back and reading uh, some of the big sacks you had. Who was the who was the absolute favorite person for you to sack, stand over, talk smack to after you had brought them down in your career in the National Football League? Uh, hands down, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers off top. Uh, I give Aaron Rodgers the most respect. I think that he's the most, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks that play ball, uh, even though at this point in his career, people want to think that he's declining, where I think that he's still that guy. You know, he's just missing a couple weapons. Uh, I think it's him. He's one of the guys that can make every throw. He's consistent. In the, uh, and then we was playing in the NFC North, where uh, he's in our, our division, so we're playing him twice. And he's going to gunsling it. He's going to make all the perfect throws. And he's going to talk trash while he's doing it. So, you know, when you get a chance to get your hands on him, man, you make it rub it in. He's going to say something, wink at you, and then he's going to probably throw for six. So, uh, I, I, I love playing against uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, Green Bay, especially if you up in, uh, in Green Bay. It's going to be real challenging. Um, you know they're going to give you their best every time. You know that you got to be on top of your game. And – the element of the cold. So, like I said, when you, once you get your hands on them, you definitely take advantage of it. Yeah. There's zero frozen tundra in Moss Point, Mississippi. Tom. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> zero. Zero. Well, I, I, I got to admit, man, I had a – through my through my journey, I had a chance to kind of get adapted on how to hold up in the cold weather, man, being in in, in Canada for, for a year and a half where none of the stadiums had any type of uh, closure. Every stadium that I played besides Toronto was an outdoor stadium, and more than half the season it was snowing. So by the time I got to Minnesota, I kind of was acclimated to how I needed to maneuver on a daily basis on the field. So I had a little help. All right, Tom. Great Tom, interview. Uh, man, great, great talking to you. Thanks for spending some time with us today, bro. So it's great to catch up with you. And, man, thanks for representing Southern Miss across all those levels. We appreciate you spending time with us on the Eagle Hour today. Oh, no worries, man. I enjoy it. Tom Johnson, everybody, former NFL star, Canadian Football League star, and Gold Eagle. Kelly Center joins us. We'll kick off the second half of today's Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great catching up with Tom Johnson, former teammate of mine. Man, played in basically every professional football league you could. NFL Europe, Arena League Football, Canadian Football League, and the National Football League for the Houdats. And spent uh, some more time with the Minnesota Vikings. Great catching up with Tom. He's 
I didn't get a chance to ask him on air, but uh, he's he's in New Orleans now, and uh, it's great to uh, to have him on the Eagle Hour. Great to have you with us on a sunny Wednesday, and uh, just would remind you if you're caught up in blue and red states and tracking poles and uh, what could happen, just go outside, breathe the air, look up. It's a beautiful day outside today. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by. 4th Street Bar and Grill, it is Wing Wednesday. Uh-oh. 24 wings for only $15. Over at 4th Street Bar and Grill, you can place a pool. Uh, they may have some action on tonight over there. A lot of uh, Mac games, so college football uh, being played tonight. And Again, I, I just don't care who it is. It's it's football, and I'm probably going to watch some, some action. So uh, go t- see our friends over at 4th Street Bar and Grill, of course, every day, the 890 Five lunch. Bring Kelly Santer in now, and we got an announcement a little earlier. I'm kind of waiting for this, Kelly, about uh, when the UTEP FAU game, uh, UTEP game FAU game would be rescheduled. Looks like today they have been rescheduled. Little wrinkle. Uh, what can you tell us about it? USM will travel to UTEP on the fifth of December, and then not even have seven days turnaround before they come back and host FAU. So uh, they'll be playing as much football in December as uh, they've played up to this point. Of course, COVID allowing it to happen. But right now, USM at UTEP on December 5th. FAU, the Owls, come to Southern Miss on December 10th. We'll uh, have to get you the television information when it becomes available. In the National Football League, the San Francisco 49ers have shut down their practice facilities. They've had a COVID outbreak. So the 49ers have locked the doors. They are scheduled to play Green Bay tomorrow night in a Thursday night contest and Green Bay is reporting that they're they're still coming uh, that they're boarding a plane you know later on today I would find that difficult to believe if indeed the 49ers have shut it down but uh, Green Bay says right now they haven't uh, haven't changed their plans Conference USA women's basketball preseason poll is out none of the Lady Eagles were put on the preseason all-conference team again none of Lady Eagles uh, were voted to that preseason team. But Middle Tennessee, the Lady Blue Raiders, were projected to finish first in the Conference USA this year with Rice right behind them. Old Dominion picked to finish third. Charlotte and Western Kentucky round out the top five. The Southern Miss Lady Eagles are projected to finish 11th in the 14-team league. FIU is scheduled to finish 14th. So that's the latest from local and around the country, and of course with Mississippi the way it voted yesterday, I can now with medical marijuana being legal, I can get my cataracts fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I had cataracts, Cut. did you? No. Cats or I cataracts? I, I, I wasn't sure. Cataracts. What oh, okay. I do now. Okay. I do now. <laughs> I think I'm couple, developing couple some arthritis of, myself, Kevin. <laughs> A <laughs> couple of notes going back to that scheduling. Uh, the UTEP game is TBA. It will be on the ESPN networks of some sort, whether that's ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN3. But what I found interesting was the Thursday night Florida Atlantic game on CBS Sports Network. It's at 5.30 p.m. I guess, you know, you, you're not worried about uh, a crowd. Um, but let's be honest, if the Eagles drop another game, that will be their last game of the year. Or even if they were to win out, probably be their last game of the year. found that interesting, the 530 kicks. I guess it's got to do something with CBS Sports Network. Maybe they've got another game on tap that night, maybe an 830 kickoff. Yeah, right. probably somewhere out BYU or one of the one of the WAC games or, or you know, something out west for sure. I kind of like that 530 start, you know. 
knock off from work a little bit early and um, come on, you're home at, home at a decent it, it, hour. At 5.30 in the afternoon, you've been off work for five or six hours, knock off a little early. To, well, no, to no. Yeah. For me, for right. me, that's true. <clears throat> right. But I'm just saying, for your regular ham and egger, I got you know. You. People that live outside the gates of cane break, is that what you're trying to say, Kelly? Well, remember, Bob, at cane break, <laughs> we're just better than you. I understand. <laughs> I tell you, it's 2020, guys, in a lot of ways. This will be the first time since 1920 that Southern Miss has played seven home games and nobody can go watch them play. Boy, that's, that's what you call golden eagle luck there, Santa. And that is a, that is a kick, in the, kick in the pants, uh, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, the FAU's playing really good football uh, right now. And, yeah. and, you know, that. That game will probably, for FAU, have a lot more riding on it than, uh, than Southern Miss. FAU, CBS uh, Sportsline has FAU as one of the four teams in Conference USA that will get a bowl bid. The other ones, of course, are Marshall, UAB, and Texas San Antonio. I, I find that interesting that San Antonio would be um, a more attractive opponent for a bowl situation than La Tech. But that's what uh, mm. CBS Sportsline is projecting. I would anyway. think Tech is getting pretty close to being bowl eligible, are they not? Well, this year there is no such thing as bowl eligibility oh. because because of COVID. You could, I mean, literally could win. No, we're game. bowl eligible, Bob. We are. Yeah. So right the now. Orange Bowl so is still a possibility for us. Is that what you guys are saying? <laughs> yes, and so are unicorns and <laughs> <laughs> and a fair election. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, not, you know, let's not uh, get crazy here. No, let's not get carried away with ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Oh man, did you get any sleep last night, Kelly? Luke and I were talking before we went on the air. We both we both set up to early in the morning uh, watching election returns and didn't really sleep too terribly well uh, all night. How about you? No, I, I didn't either. But I mean, when it became apparent that none of those remaining states were going to be able to be called um, last night, I went ahead and 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 knocked off. You know, knocked off. Um, I think. You know, Mississippi tends to be a pretty conservative, you know, state, a red state, and people are kind of freaking out about what appears to be inevitable that Mr. Biden's going to be elected. But I think people need to keep in mind the most important thing that they should keep in mind, besides the fact that God is in control, is that Republicans are going to have control of the Senate. Right. So a lot, so a lot of these ideas that people find to be, you know, people in Mississippi find to be just way out there, uh, we'll never get to president biden's desk because the republican senate will stop the craziness that's right yeah they'll stop the craziness so so be thankful at least that the senate apparently is gonna right you know remain republican and we have a new flag so that means the ncaa will leave our baseball programs alone moving forward am i not right about that well and they might find something else to complain about you know because complainers tend to do that right but but, you know, again, we're talking about conservative, and I know this is a sports show, but uh, politics is kind of sports. I-, I could not believe my eyes when the-, the voters in Oregon, the state of Oregon, which we know is a liberal state anyway, they approved yesterday legal recreational use of marijuana, heroin, and meth. Yeah, recreational it, use. Yeah, it, it's hard to believe, but you got to remember something about that, Kelly. These are the same people. For example, the the ones that live in Portland, Oregon, who voted almost ninety percent Democratic last night, 
after watching their town burn to the ground for the last three months and their Democratic mayor refusing to do anything about it. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised that they would. But but you're right. That that's that even for liberals appears to be over over the top. Would you say? Well, the the thing that I were you know we talk about taxing our our healthcare systems because of COVID. You know, we don't, we don't want to get COVID-19 because we don't want to put too much of a burden on our health care system. And I think that's reasonable. But, so, but if a person recreationally uses heroin and meth and they die, you know, you know, legally die, do we have a responsibility to wake them back up? Right, right. You know and, I mean? and, and treat them, you know, yeah, pay for all the treatment. Yeah, because the next weekend they might be right back in there. Right. Luke, no, you I, haven't said too much about the, all, all this that's swirling around us. What are your thoughts about what Kelly brought up? About uh, the geniuses of Oregon? Yeah. My problem with even the the thing that you know we passed yesterday for for sixty five, and I don't want to dig into all of it. I, I just I think there's something wrong with inserting a constitutional amendment that allows for one specific aspect or industry to be able to be inserted into a, a, a constitution. I've always been a guy that has always believed that marijuana is a gateway drug um, for the general population. And me, you know, dealing with college students and high school students across the years have seen cases where, you know, people, you know, they just, ah, it's just a little weed. You know, nah, nah, nah. And then, you know, you look at them five years later and, and uh, they look horrible because they're they're addicted to meth. And so for for Oregon just to say, hey, uh, yeah, it, it's all good. We're just, I mean, it, uh, it, anybody out there on the outside looking in that has been in a family situation where someone you dearly love was addicted to drugs, uh, and has been through and seen what these horrible things, these uh, scourges and plagues do to people's bodies and due to their, their lives and due to the, the relationships around them. Um, it's very it's very discouraging to see an entire state basically just open it up and say, yeah, we're, we're, we're cool with that. So, it, you know, expect um, the state of Oregon just to kind of slide off stoned into the Pacific before long. All right, Kelly Sander, you have the best sense of humor of anyone I know. Uh, come up with something funny to bring us out of this gloomy day that we're all experiencing. Can you do that, Sander? I'll ponder it and, and catch you on the other side of the commercial break. <laughs> Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Also tell you about D-Bad and D-1 Training, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, a softball and baseball uh, academy, a place where your kids can sharpen up on their skills, and then D-1 Training on the other side with a 70-yard indoor uh, turf field for you to uh, to work out on and uh, work on some speed training as well as a full weight room all there at d1 and d bat luke johnson bob getty from the first bank studios in hattiesburg and beautiful downtown laurel kelly Sander, 
Joining us on uh, the phone, continually on uh, the phone, and uh, Kelly, uh, always quick on your feet. Bob wanted you to, to bring us out of this uh, man semi-drudgery funk, bring a little sunshine to us. Well, you know, we talked about Oregon legalizing all that stuff. They're legalizing. Do you remember when, when there was all this big discussion in Mississippi just about legalizing gambling, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's now it's gotten to be sports gambling, and and I'm not I'm not too I tried a sports gamble, but I'm not very good at it. I I bet on a horse last week that started five to one, and he finished at a quarter to eleven. <laughs> Kelly, I'm telling you, <laughs> Kelly. What are, what are the symptoms of uh, of glaucoma? I, I think <laughs> I may be experiencing it. <laughs> well, like I said, now that now that that passed yesterday, and I'll tell you, I got to uh. tell you, I was a little bit surprised. Seventy five percent. Approval of the medical marijuana uh, proposal, and I think a lot of the state politicians didn't think it was going to pass. I think you're right. You know what? I th- you know why I think it did, though. And my wife and I just happened to have some personal experience with a family we're very dear to us up in up in the Delta, whose daughter, thirtyish years old, has just been fighting a horrific battle. Uh, with a rare form of cancer, and and I know how sick the child has been, and what a struggle it's been for her, and I just think that there are a lot of people, and I don't mind saying it, I feel this way. If there is a drug, and I don't really care what the drug is, if there is a drug that can help relieve suffering of sick people, I think it's immoral to keep it away from them. And so, I I, I agree with you, Bob. A friend of mine in high school, his, his daughter. Um, has epilepsy real bad, and uh, the only thing that has that's been able to help her keep her, um, uh, you know, her the problems that she has with epilepsy, uh, it has been CBD, you know, or, or mm-hmm. forms of, of mm-hmm. marijuana, and and so so my buddy actually led the the whole campaign in the state of Iowa to to pass medical marijuana, and they did, and now his his daughter is able to manage. Her epilepsy when it was just it was just horrific before the problem right. she was having. So you know I, I agree with you. Um, one of the sports note, you guys, you know, we talked yesterday. Hold, hold on for you. Hold on for okay. you. Get there, Kelly. Just say okay. I want to add one more thing to that. I, I, I am I am in agreement, Bob. I guess my my beef with and it's kind of one of those things. You know, you see politicians get hammered because they vote no against something or they oppose something, and it's not that they imp- op- oppose. You know the the general broad objective. It's that they oppose what's written, and I, I think very few Mississippians didn't realize that this is now written into the Constitution. It cannot be removed by legislature. It's got to be, uh, it, it's got to be undone the same way. And I think that's not the way you go about it. Uh, I've heard you know JT talk about it that uh, you know this industry now we basically put a specified industry into the Constitution of the state of Mississippi and the state doesn't benefit off of it. There's zero tax dollars that are going to come back. It's just going to go back into the medical marijuana uh, industry. And so, whereas I, I want people in suffering, uh, you know whatever, just what you said. I think there is a moral obligation to help people. At the same token, there's a right way to do that. And I'll be honest with you, I voted against both yesterday, and it was because I didn't like the way that they went about doing it, and it wasn't that the state gets zero out of it whatsoever. Well, now that it has passed, I, I think all three of us can agree with this. Whether it's the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it, the voters spoke, and let's just hope it brings some help and relief to those who are suffering 
and may and may benefit from this. And I yeah, and, I yeah, and then it's used yeah used the right way. Correct yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Correct. And it wasn't even a close. Like I said, a seventy five percent vote. Right. But, uh, back on mm. on basketball, you guys in Conference USA, we talked yesterday about the, the proposal of moving those games. You know, the, the two for one weekends. Right. In conference, they, that has passed. So that is going to happen. Basketball games will be on Friday nights and then Saturdays. Um, so you're going to be able to get your fill of basketball. Uh, I think, I personally think that will hurt attendance. Um, you know, if you if you went to a game on Friday night and then turn have to turn right around and, and go back on on Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of sports for for one weekend um, and back to back like that. But I, I understand why they're you know why they're doing it for safety reasons. I still don't understand why, as we've discussed, you know, the women aren't right. You know, on the same schedule as the men. But that is passed. So uh, Friday, Saturday, Conference USA games this year at the same location. We can't demand a recount or anything about that, can we, Kelly? Or we can't find any last-minute ballots that would overturn that decision? Well, I don't know. We might want to talk to the, some of the city officials of Hattiesburg. They've got some experience with uh, <laughs> late-arriving ballots over the years. <laughs> okay, we'll end it on that note, ladies and gentlemen. And we thank you for tuning in. Personal security boxes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, I think. Uh, until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.